We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is March 30th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is up? Um, I mean, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, you know, just watching a little magic basketball. Only one game to recap. But uh we'll we'll get into it. I, there's not much else to say right now. It's not been that long, obviously, since we recorded last, and we've only got this one game, so we'll see. Roller coaster of emotions uh, Tuesday night was Ridiculous. against the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll get into all that in just a little bit. But before that, a couple of housekeeping things. Coming up on May 16th, it is a Tuesday. Probably going to start around 7 o'clock. We are going to have our draft lottery watch party uh, as it is becoming increasingly unlikely that the Magic may make the postseason. And we've, you know, the amount of RSVPs that we've gotten so far already got over 250 Uh, we've been pushing this for a little bit over a week now all of last season Luke we had 111 RSVPs so already more than double that we are as Woj would say we are laser focused on a few venues still trying to figure out where exactly uh, we're going to have this Uh, as soon as we have more details we'll be sure to pass that along if you want to RSVP though uh, we'll have the link in the podcast description we'll have a link on the YouTube video, in the YouTube description, or you can find it on any of our, you know, social media channels, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. So again, that's going to be May 16th. That is a Tuesday. Be sure to mark your calendars. Let's jump right into the state of the magic. The magic are 0-1 on the week, which brings them to a record of 32-44. and They have the fifth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference, currently four and a half games back of Chicago for the final play-in spot. They are two games back of Washington, at uh, who's sitting at 11, and then one game back of Indiana, who is sitting at 12. Luke, six games to go, now four and a half games back of Chicago. I think it's any combination right now of three Chicago wins in the final six games or three magic losses in the final six games would officially eliminate the magic. Uh, but yeah, time is running out Luke and it is all but over. It seems. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, writing's been on the wall for a little while. This is not any news to us and to those that have been listening to the show. We've, we've known this was coming and it's just kind of getting to the point where we're about to be able to say that we are mathematically eliminated, but Jonathan, isn't it so sweet that it is taken until April basically is what it'll be before the magic can be mathematically eliminated from the playoff race. It feels good. I'm relieved. Everything that we asked for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're playing meaningful games. Teams growing. They look decent aside from the first quarter and that Grizzlies game, but they look decent down the stretch here. Like they look good. They look like a team that's grown. I'm really excited for the future, man. There's there's nothing to hang our head about. We 
it's just been awesome to be able to freaking standings watch finally for a team that we don't have to worry about necessarily what's going to be done this year being the pinnacle of the success of the team like we were with these teams you know a few years ago where it was kind of like oh man i hope we make it but knowing in the back of our minds that like we're not going to win like long term with this core it's really exciting to be able to look at these standings night in and night out how many games back are we who's winning who's losing and being able to celebrate these magic wins that actually mean something and knowing that this is just the beginning of it, knowing that just missing the postseason doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. We want to close the season out on a high note and then point to the future. That's what this team is going to be about is growing and winning. And they've shown a lot of signs of, of, you know, want to win games here as of late. So I, I can't complain, man, even though your writing's on the wall right now that, we won't make the postseason this year. The Magic have an offensive rating of 111.6, which ranks 25th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 113.8, which ranks 18th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 2.2, which is 24th in the league. Luke, I took the liberty of going back to uh, December 6th until now. We're recording this uh, about quarter after nine on the 29th. So there are some results around the league that haven't been settled tonight. So uh, these are the statistics as of right now. So for the Magic, Luke, we're talking about essentially the last 51 games going back to December 6th until uh, you know March 29th here. In 51 games since December 6th, the Magic are 27 and 24, three games above 500. In terms of offensive rating, they have an offensive rating of 113.0, which is basically a almost a full point and a half better than where they are for the overall season. That would be good for 25th in the league. So they would still be 25th in offensive rating over the course of the last, uh, what did I say, 51 games for the Magic. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of defensive rating, uh, the Magic uh, over the past uh, 51 games, defensive rating is 113.1, Luke which would be sixth in the NBA. So when we talk about this team, and I've talked about with the personnel that we have, the Magic should be a top five team in terms of defensive rating. If Jalen Suggs hadn't missed time, if Jonathan Isaac had played more and hadn't missed time the last few weeks, more than likely the Magic would be a top five team in terms of defensive rating over the past 51 games, which is super encouraging. And it makes me feel good because at at times I'm saying like, they should be a top five defensive rated team. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, is that too high? And no, this is validation for me that that is what this team is capable of. So although when you look at the season, it doesn't really look great for the Magic. When you look at the last 51 games, it looks pretty good. Elite team in terms of defensive rating, one of the worst teams in the league in terms of offensive rating. We need a little bit more balance this offseason is what I'm thinking. You know, mm-hmm. Add some shooting, add a little bit more scoring, keep as much defense as you can. And we're going to be talking about this all offseason. But the Magic should be ready to rock and roll and be pretty competitive next year. So that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. Injury report, Jonathan Isaac still out. You know, we've seen him, you know, walking around, you know, during these games, which I don't know. We, we haven't heard much about, you know, the adductor injury since the announcement and that he's had surgery and everything like that. We saw him kind of just jumping up and down in place during a Magic practice. The fact that he's already kind of like he's not participating in practice, obviously, but at practice around the team doing things, Luke, I think that's a good sign. I know there are some people that are like, I'm giving up on this, which if you're if you've given up on Jonathan Isaac at this point, like I understand it. However, people that are still going to be monitoring his situation closely and rooting for him to get healthy and stay healthy, let them do whatever they want to do. I'm one of those people. As long as Jonathan Isaac is on this team, I'm going to be rooting for him to get and stay healthy and hoping that he can do that. And I'm hoping that what we've seen so far from him is an indication that mm-hmm. he will be back by the start of next season because we didn't get any information about this injury, Luke, like a timeline or anything like yeah. that when they were going to expect him to be back. If he can be healthy and kind of like back at you know 100% activity by like June, July that looks really good for him to come back next season at the, at the start of the season. Yeah. And I, I would like to say as far as Jonathan Isaac goes, and like you said, what you're hoping for 
and but understanding if people are done with Jonathan Isaac and thinking that he's going to be a core piece of this team. There is a difference between believing something and hoping for something. I and counting on it. Right. I'm not counting on it. Right. Um, but but even like to draw more comparison, I hope the Magic go on a crazy win streak and they make the postseason. I do not believe that that's going to happen. It is similar to me with Jonathan Isaac. I hope, and like you said, as long as he's on this team, I am hoping that he is able to be healthy for a long period of time, go back to his normal self, injury-free. But I believe that he is not a, a core piece of this team moving forward. You can't count on it, like you said. You just can't. It would be pretty irresponsible to count on Jonathan Isaac being a core piece of this team here moving forward. Where would you put the odds, higher or lower, Jonathan Isaac getting healthy versus the Magic making the play in this season? Which are higher odds? Which is which has better odds of happening? As everybody odds? as as everybody knows, the Magic are not making the postseason. <laughs> And okay. I, I thought I, this was going to go the other way, and no, that was going to really be depressing. I was no, going to disagree, mm-hmm. but that would be very depressing. No, no, no. I'm listen, man. There's a one percent chance. I'm clinging to it. There might be a half percent chance now as we kind of dwindle down to the final few games here. There's a much greater chance that Jonathan Isaac gets healthy, stays healthy as part of this team, comparatively. You know, in 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 in, in contrast to the Magic making the plan, two totally different things there, and. It would be it would be stupid, quite frankly, to say that there's a greater chance of making the plan. You're delusional. So there are people that, that would say that. I have to and, tell you, and you're delusional if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh no, man! I think we have a great. There's still games to play. This is why they play the game." Shut, shut up. <laughs> there's no Bro, way. I'm telling you, man. The Magic got a better chance of making the play than Jonathan Isaac does ever seeing the floor again. I know there are people out there saying that, and. Yeah. The thing about Jonathan Isaac is we still have no idea what's going to happen. Like we have gotten no information since the injury that would tell us, you know, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But again, the fact that we're seeing some of these things kind of early on tells me, all right, he's not retiring, which <laughs> is a good thing. He can walk. It's not this like crazy thing that he's not able to move around. Yeah. He's already jumping up and down, which doesn't, I guess, put too much stress on the groin or the adductor or whatever is going on. But it at least gives me hope at the prospect that he'll be back at the start of, you know, next season. And then mm-hmm. it's just, maybe it was another fluke accident. I don't know. We just, it's a lot of fluke. Accidents. Nobody can tell me they know what's going on. No, they can't. Man, listen, man, medical staff, long, hard look this off season. I want a full report. I want it all. I want the team. I want the front office to, to figure it you, all out. You, you got it like that with Jeff? He's going he's gonna, to no, forward I you the full report? I want them to, to be having extensive meetings with that staff this offseason. I, like I said, I've already done my J.I. piece. Everyone is so quick to blame J.I. and say he's injury prone and this and that. But nobody wants to look at the medical staff. But when everybody else gets injured and it's just a one-off, it's the medical staff's fault. And it's like there's something that we're missing. And I, I, I don't want to blame that all on J.I. and just the luck of how his body is. These guys are in charge of rebuilding this guy's body and making sure injuries do not happen as often. And they need to be held accountable. And I'm sure they are. I'm sure that Jeff and John are doing their due diligence, I would hope to see what's going to happen with, with this team, but, or with that staff, I hope that, you know, they are conducting it and I trust them that they will. What I don't understand is placing any blame at all on Jonathan Isaac. Correct. Unless he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do or not doing something he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. The kid is just incredibly unlucky by all accounts. He has done everything the magic have asked of him in terms of rehabbing and, and putting in the work to, you know, try and get back. You know, it wasn't a, you know, stupid rumor like, oh, he got in a motorcycle accident or anything like that. Like what we heard with, you know, Markel Fultz, which is unequivocally and, you know, has been refuted by Markel Fultz. It's just very false. But I understand being frustrated by the fact that a player can't get and stay healthy 
what I don't understand is being frustrated with the player himself. Yeah. To me, that is the dumbest thing in the world. Disliking a player because he can't stay healthy. I get being frustrated. I'm more frustrated by this than anyone. Jonathan Isaac is 10 times more frustrated than even I am yeah. about this. But when I see, especially these idiots in some of these Facebook groups, not everyone in these Facebook groups is an idiot, but if you're getting offended by this, chances are you're one of the idiots that I'm talking about. The Facebook groups are so toxic. Mm-hmm. If you're one of these idiots in in one of these Facebook groups that is like, oh, I hate Jonathan Isaac, he can't stay healthy, you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror at yourself. You are a miserable human being, and I can guarantee you it is not Jonathan Isaac's fault that you are the way that you are. <laughs> The kid has done everything that he can to stay on the floor. Yeah. And his body at this point just has not cooperated. Yeah. So I get being frustrated. We have every right to be frustrated that a guy cannot stay on the floor. But being frustrated with a kid who has done all the things that the team has asked of him and done things the right way, just you you cannot hate a guy for that. It's not his fault. Mm -hmm. If it was up to him, he would be playing. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. All right, let's give a quick shout out to the folks that help financially support the show and help us do all of the fun, awesome things that we do on a week-to-week basis, our patrons. Uh, If you'd like to have that warm, fuzzy feeling inside of you when I talk about these wonderful folks, you can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash The Six Man Show, where you can help financially support the show for just as little as $2 a month. Let's say you don't want to spend five, you don't want to spend 10, you don't want to spend 15, but you love the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the six man show, sign up for our rookie tier, and you can help financially support the show again for as little as $2 a month. That is like one fifth of a Starbucks drink per month. You can sign up. Just you don't even have to stop drinking Starbucks. Just go from the you know Trenti or whatever it is to like the Grande, a little bit smaller of a size, one time a month, and you can help financially support the show. But we also shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier and elite tier patrons on every episode, which I'm going to go ahead and do now uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, uh, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, It's Not Okay K to Say Okiki, Pierre A, Migs Doris, Nostalgia, and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goatee93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, who just had a little one. Congratulations, Destin for Greatness. Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reekin, Shahin177, Bulby the Don, Himlo Ban Himro, RM Prof221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Let's Bank Don't Take, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Phantom Wolf72, Iris Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name, and only Franz. Thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Luke, Tuesday night against the Memphis Grizzlies, you just get off to a horrid start down by 17 at the end of the first quarter. You're down by as much as, I believe it was 22 in the first half. Uh, You're down by, what was it, 23 in the third. The Magic go on a big run, uh, get it to single digits early in the fourth quarter. Memphis pulls away a little bit. Magic go on a 10-2 run to pull within the Grizzlies. It was 105 to 100 with 38 seconds left. I was lucky enough to be at my wife's grandmother's house (laughs) at the start of this game. I was asked to hook up a a, a new internet modem and router. And then I got hit with the, hey, while you're here, I also need you to port over all my old stuff from my old phone to my Mm -hmm. new phone. So I was not able to watch the beginning of this game. I was listening to our boy, Jake Chapman, on the air 96.9 the game so Luke was tweeting during this game and I bring that up because Franz hits a three to make it 100 to 105 or someone I don't know if it was one of Franz's threes but someone scored to make it 105 to 138 seconds left and Luke tweets out I hate this team (laughs) because that's exactly what this was like Midway through the third quarter, I'm like, I'm scrolling my phone. I'm like watching the game. I'm like, oh, this is a funny TikTok that my wife just sent me. And then all of a sudden I look up and they're like going on a run. This is the lineup with Goga and Cole Anthony. And they're making a run. They're making it interesting. And I'm like, okay, it's getting kind of close. Then Memphis kind of extends the lead out again in kind of like the middle part of that fourth quarter. And you're thinking, okay, this game is very much over. And then like the last three minutes, Magic on a big run. And they're knocking down threes to their credit the last couple of minutes of this game. And you're hoping that they can either get the ball out of Desmond Baines' hands. I was begging for them to give the ball to Dylan Brooks and let him do something <laughs> stupid and mess it up. But they just kept giving it to Desmond Bain. And he missed a free throw late in this game, which gave the Magic a little bit more hope. But for the most part, he just knocked him down the last couple of minutes of this game and uh, just never really let the Magic get close enough to put them in, in real danger in the last minute here. Yeah, uh, this game was a roller coaster, as you mentioned at the top. Um, first quarter, Grizzlies go on like a 25-5 to run to end it. They're up 17 the end of that first. And it is very easy to become disconnected from the game at that point. It's like, all right, well, these guys have turned it in. I'll turn it in. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll scroll a little bit. I'll... Uh, not pay too much attention, but just when you do that, the Magic decide they're going to put runs together. And then the, the Grizzlies did a great job countering. I mean, they they really did. And obviously without John Morant, you were hoping that this team could be a little bit more competitive in that first quarter. You win every quarter except the first quarter, Jonathan. Like, you you win all of them. So that's the most that was the most uh, disheartening part of it all. You win three full quarters. But because of how terrible you play in that first quarter, uh, final score 32 to 15 at the end of the first, it's a large hole to dig yourself out of, especially as a young and inexperienced team against a team that is, yes, young, but they are experienced up to this point, And they're a great team as much as I can't stand them. Um, and I have to say mm-hmm. they are much less annoying without jaw on the floor. They would pan to jaw at like timeouts and stuff. And he'd be just, I just knew he was saying some corny stuff. You just knew that the corny things were flying out of his mouth in that game. I was glad that I couldn't hear him. He's a, he's very annoying. 
Um, I will say what annoyed me the most, though, was the amount of threes that the Magic took in this game. It was a season-high 49 attempts. I went and I did a little digging, Jonathan, and I, I decided to see if what I thought to be the case is the case, which is, is are the Magic worse? Do they, do they lose more often when they're shooting a large volume of threes? 17 times this year, the Magic have shot 35 or more threes. And in those 17 games, Jonathan, they have a record of 4 and 13. So, and then furthermore, um, let's see, 38 or more threes, the Magic are 0 and 6. And just for a little bit of context, league average is about, you know, between 32 and, and, and 34 threes a game. Yes, of which the Magic are not close. <laughs> Magic, Magic are 27th in the league at 30.9. Yes. So They're only above New Orleans, Atlanta, and Chicago. You shoot 49 against the Grizzlies, you lose. You shoot 44 against Sacramento in January, you lose by 25. Um, you shoot 42 against the Pacers, you lose. Sixers, 40 of them, you lose. Lakers, 38, you lose. Philly, 38, you lose. So... This Direct correlation. This team should not be shooting a large amount of threes. It got to the point where when you're down 17, I imagine it is very easy to get caught in the state of, I need to hit this, we need to hit this big three, get some momentum rolling, get things going our way. Um, and I understand because Jaron Jackson Jr. was keeping this team out of the paint last night. And if they if he wasn't, he was making sure they didn't come back. Jaron Jackson Jr., has like in one quarter at one point had like two blocks. He ends the game with three blocks. Thankfully for the magic, he was in foul trouble a lot of the game, but he was wreaking havoc on the team, on our team on the inside um, and just making us look pretty uncharacteristic. The magic scored 36 points in the paint against Memphis. Memphis scores 54. So not only was Memphis just dominating you defensively, in the paint they're dominating you on the offensive end as well and it makes it hard especially when you dig yourself in that much of a hole you're a team that is it is very uncharacteristic to shoot threes and apparently the only option was to shoot threes so a frustrating to say the least to see the team try to get themselves back in the game that way when in reality gogo patase is the way you get back in this game and then he goes on to play all 13 of his minutes right in a row, and it doesn't make any sense, but that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, it felt to me like that bench unit to help the Magic get back in the game just hung in there for like a beat too long. It felt like had they got in, like the, the starters brought back in about like a minute sooner. Mm -hmm. This game doesn't have that stretch in the middle of the fourth where Memphis kind of extends the lead again. Like if you bring back the starters, you know, a, about a minute sooner, maybe they're able to complete the run and it's a little bit closer in those last couple of minutes. And those threes count for more than they did because really those threes at the end was like, all right, Memphis just ended the game. We'll hear the magic come hitting another three. So yeah, I mean, Jamal Mosley, you have to give credit where credit is due. Like he yeah. made the adjustment, you know, mm -hmm. going with Goga in the third with you know that lineup with Cole Anthony and those guys really carried the magic through the comeback. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like you probably should have just switched away like a little bit sooner than that. So he deserves a little bit of criticism. He deserves a lot of credit for them going on the run. And the magic know that they're essentially out of it at this point. Again, for a team that has played so hard and has been so competitive all season long for them to be down big on the road, there's, you know, a week and a half left of the season definitely could have said, you know what? We don't have it tonight. And the game could have got away from them, but to their credit, it didn't. And to the last second in this game, they were fighting to, to win this game. So that's what I was most proud of. It was annoying because it was like, all right, this game is over. And Oh, look, of course, here come the magic. They're mm -hmm. making their run, but that was going to be an awesome, awesome win. Like if you're one yeah. of these folks who are 
watching the standings and you're worried about the Magic picking up a win and jumping over, you know, perhaps the Pacers or or jumping over the Trailblazers, for a team to play like that on the road against a team that is by all means an NBA contender, yes, they didn't have John Morant, but you still have Jaron Jackson Jr. You still have Desmond Bain, who is really freaking good. Luke Kennard. Really freaking good. Huh? I said Luke Kennard. Luke, yeah, Luke Kennard. My goodness. That dude like cannot help but light up the magic. Uh, yeah, I was proud of the way the magic played. It was a super frustrating first quarter. Like I'm listening to it on the radio. And, you know, the magic were up you know, pretty early, like 11 to 9 or 11 to 7. And then like as quickly as the magic took the lead at the beginning of the game, I went through like a little spot of like not great cell service where I couldn't because I was listening to it on my phone and then all of a sudden the magic are down 15 I'm like well what the what the heck happened and then you know the magic literally just could not buy a bucket in a lot of stretches of this game the magic shoot 41 percent for the game they get 100 shot attempts up they make 41 of them they shoot 28 percent from behind the arc and then 16 turnovers in this game you did a you know a, a solid job on the glass, forty seven to Memphis's forty nine, and Magic credit they force uh, sixteen turnovers. The Magic have eight blocks in this game: one from Franz, one from Paolo, two from Wendell, uh, one from Mo Wagner, and then Goga had three himself. So Magic played pretty well. Um, just the offense, just really not good enough. I mean, credit to to Memphis. You know they're a, a good defensive team, but. Yeah, if you can't score against a team that's got guys that are shooting the ball like Desmond Bain, I think Xavier Tillman, 20 points, I believe that was his career high. Of course it was his career high. And then, you know, Jaron Jackson shooting the ball well, Luke Kennard shooting the ball well, like we've talked about. Hey, another team setting a franchise record against the Magic. However, this time it was home wins. The Memphis Grizzlies with 33 home wins, that is a franchise record. Of course, that 33rd win would come against the Orlando Magic. So that is what the third team now this season who has set some kind of franchise record against the Magic, albeit not a single game franchise record. Right. Um, Last thing I'll add here before we start to move on, Luke Kennard and his career against the Magic shoots 56.9% from three. Uh, 29 of 51 against the Magic in his career dating back to 2017 when he was uh, with Detroit and then obviously the Clippers and now the Grizzlies. So yeah, he, he tends to to stroke that thing against the magic. That's for sure. He see those pinstripes and he's like, all right, bet. <laughs> I wanted to point out Paolo Bancaro, just another fantastic game, 24 points, 50% from the floor, 42% from the three point line, missing free throws. I don't know what's going on lately with Paolo been a decent free throw shooter, like all season and, like the last few weeks, just like missing free throws, leaving a lot of points on the board, but added 11 rebounds, five assists, and a block. Rookie of the year. If you haven't heard uh, the one of the most recent Bill Simmons podcasts that he did with Ryan Rossillo, towards the end of that pod, they talk about the rookie of the year race for just a couple of minutes, and both of them agreed how ridiculous it is this discourse that we've seen the last couple of weeks with Jay and Williams and Bill Simmons to me had the best quote. He said, it's a six month award. The last month of the season does not count three times as much as the first month of the season. So just because you're finishing the year really strong, it doesn't mean more than a guy that started the year really strong and has had strong play all season long. So, Totally Folks, agree. we didn't get a win in this one, but if we did, don't forget the day following every Magic victory, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. There are only six games left in the Orlando Magic season, regular season, most likely their season. So make sure that you're taking advantage of that while you can, because once the season ends, you're not going to get that code potentially until you know October. So again, each day following Orlando Magic victories, get 50% off your online order from Code Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Luke, with the season basically being over, we've been running the tankathon again on the pod. If, if you've been a, a listener or a, a viewer 
for a long time. You may remember a couple seasons ago, I had the the tank helmet that I I stuck the Orlando Magic logo to to the front of that. And after the 2021 season, I, I threw that away, and it, it, you know it'll never return. But this time of the year, when our focus is is shifting to the NBA draft lottery, we like to run a, a weekly tankathon. We'll run it once, see what the results are. Uh, currently, the Magic with the fifth worst record in the league, they have a 42.1 percent chance of ending up in the top four. They have a 10.5 percent chance of ending up number one overall. And Chicago who they owe their pick to the Orlando Magic. Currently, they have the 10th worst record in the league. That pick has a 13.9% chance of ending up in the top four, and it is a 13.9% chance that that pick would not convey to the Magic if the Bulls ended up in the top four, and there is a 3% chance that the Bulls could pick as high as number one. Let's go ahead and sim the lottery, and the Magic end up with the 10th pick and the third pick in the draft, Detroit number one, Indiana number two. So I would, I'd be pretty happy with those results, Luke. Ecstatic, some would say. Yeah, I'm. Sign me up for for ten and three. I would love that. I was telling you before we started because, as everybody knows, the Magic don't just consume our podcast life. It it consumes our general conversation as well. And in that conversation, I said to you. I'm I am nervous about just the top four percentage because yes, it only is a percentage difference for the number one overall pick going from five to six, um, three percent from five to seven. We're getting a little close here, and where I'm worried about is that top four pick uh, at or top four pick at forty two percent right now, dropping down to thirty two percent at seven or twenty six point three percent at eight. It's it's becoming even more nerve wracking for me. So I will, I would happily take sign me up for that number three, beautiful, beautiful pick. I'm on board. We've had a lot of tankathon luck, you know, as, as we've started this. I don't like it. I don't think I like it because your luck last year was awful. And we got the number one pick. So I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, though, you know, I understand what you're saying because I am a man of superstition myself. But at the end of the day, the numbers are what the numbers are. It has mm-hmm. no bearing on what's going to happen. If you run this, you know, a thousand times, 42% of the time, the Magic are going to end up in the top four. Mm-hmm. That's what the math says. I'm not a math guy. People I... that listen to the show know for sure I'm not a math guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to put the superstition to the side. I never thought we would. I would, I would see the Magic win the number one overall pick. Thought 2004 was going to be the last time in my lifetime. Hey, and except, we saw it happen. So because it's happened once, I'm going to believe it can happen again. I was going to say, it, you didn't think that except the year that you woke up thinking we were going to get the number one pick. Irrationally convinced, you know? And then we get yeah, five and eight. So, so, I'm not going to be convinced of anything. I'm just going to go into this. Yeah. And, and and roll with the punches. I don't Easy. not gonna no expectations because Magic fans more than anyone mm-hmm. can attest to the fact that the lottery is random. You can have the best odds and it can mean bubkiss. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna we're gonna let the 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 Michelob Ultras flow and we're gonna let the, the lottery odds fall where they may. And one way or the other, the Orlando Magic are gonna win a freaking Larry O'Brien trophy. That's right. Fire me up. Dag Nabbit. Dag Nabbit. Dag Nabbit. One thing that I wanted to talk about, Luke, before we take a look at the rest of the week and and kind of wrap up here, the Magic have some contract decisions to make in the offseason. And as we're getting closer to the offseason, and we basically have a uh, a full body of work from a lot of these guys, I wanted to go ahead and, and just get some of your opinions on what the Magic should do this offseason with some of these guys. Hmm. The number one guy that I want to talk about is Cole Anthony. We'll we'll start with Cole. So this year making $3.6 million next year, the magic have already exercised his team option for $5.5 million. But this off season, Luke Cole Anthony becomes eligible for a contract extension, you know, on his, uh, his rookie scale contract. 
Are you a proponent of extending Cole Anthony this offseason or not? And what is your reasoning? I, w- I want to see more from Cole. I don't want to extend much if I'm not convinced of his ability to be, you know, continuous efficiencies, whatever it might be. That being said, if they do, I understand because he has been really good in this six man role. And I hope that it's something that we continue to see moving forward. I'm not opposed to it at all. But I will say, man, if you add two top 10 picks this year or two top 12, whatever it is, what are the chances that someone is able to, a young talent is able to edge out Cole Anthony as that six man spot? At what point do you start looking down the list and you think Cole Anthony might not want to accept a certain role? It took him a little bit to accept that six man role. So I am a little nervous. I'm I'm nervous in general about just adding all this these this young talent. Um, so I just don't know. I'd be hard. I, I I don't think you could get me to commit to him, just because I don't know. If if the Magic were to sign Cole Anthony to an extension, what kind of term would you be able to see and and be able to accept and be like, okay, you know, I, I'm good with that. I don't like contract talk very much as a lot of our listeners know i don't like cap talk just because i have no idea like i as far as like what the magic can do as far as the extension are there guidelines like i'm not a, a cap expert um so okay I, let I don't, me throw I don't a number know. out throw this 15 million a year sound like too much for you after what you've seen like if they want to sign him like a three-year 45 million dollar deal 15 I don't think so. I don't think you so. don't think it's too much or you don't think you would be okay with that. I don't I don't know if it's too much. Because we've talked about it too with contract, you know, essentially with TV deals, all that kind of stuff. These contracts are going to shoot up here soon. So maybe fifteen isn't bad, but I don't know. So we we did this when we if talked he's the about six man, Markell. yes, right, yeah. So and that's what we're assuming. So fifteen million dollars a year, you know, in, in in terms of the guard position. Just to go through a few guys who are making close to that right now, uh, Derrick Rose is making fourteen point five, and we're talking about average annual value. Mm-hmm. The Magic have you know they've front loaded contracts in the past, so we're not talking about. This is what he would make each year. We're talking about right. average annual value. Uh, Devontae Graham makes 11.8. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, 12.8. Uh, Gary Trent, 17. Karis LeVert, 17. Luke Kennard, 14. Malik Beasley, 15. Kevin Porter Jr., 15.8. Uh, right now, DeJounte Murray, $16 million. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich right now, $17 million. Uh, Colin Sexton makes $17 million. 15, I feel like would be fair. Like if the Magic came out and even if it was like a four year deal, $15 million, I will say I would prefer to see a little bit bigger of a sample size with Cole Anthony. Right now, last 35 games, Cole is averaging 13 points, almost five rebounds, three and a half assists, but he's shooting 46% from the floor and 38% from the three point line. Essentially a three and a half to one and a half turnover ratio. So those are the numbers that you and I have had many conversations. I've been begging for Cole Anthony to be like a 45% field goal shooter. And when you get the three pointer up to 38%, which is like borderline elite, like that's a really good three point shooter, 38%. If you can extrapolate that over the course of, of a couple of years and Cole Anthony can become like consistently at those numbers, fifteen million dollars would be a steal in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How many, especially the game? way on how many attempts a game? Let's From see. Three. I don't have his attempts right here. I how can't many, tell the last you how many games was it. 
The last 35 games, StatMuse is not giving me his three-point attempts per game. I'm using StatMuse to look up these numbers here. I'm, Luke, I think, is going to uh, look on NBA.com, but especially with the collective bargaining agreement, I know the NBA and the NBA Players Association are still working on getting that taken care of. But yeah. as the salary cap continues to go up, if you sign him to a deal like that this offseason, I would be on board for that. Yeah, um, 3.2 attempts a game. So Off the bench, that's solid volume. 25 minutes a game, yeah. Solid volume. And like I said, man, I if, if you can tell me that this is Cole that we're getting, I'm on board for maybe more than 15. But I just if don't. this was like if he'd be if he'd have those numbers over the course of like the last sixty games, I would yeah. I would like slam my hands on the table. Absolutely yes. Yeah. Like a like a four year sixty million dollar deal. Right. You could even you know give him a a player option in that fourth year if yeah. he plays really well next three years wants to opt out of that and get right. more money, he'll have the ability to do that. But it is a fair question that you raise: Does Cole Anthony want to be in this kind of role long term yeah or different or, or or does he look at 15 million dollars and say i'm i'm worth way more than that mm-hmm. and does he want to have these kind of efficiencies over an 82 game season next year because at that point then we're talking about a guy making you know 20 plus million dollars yeah. a year i'm thinking yeah I, I truthfully i think if the magic could get him at 15 as we talk about this, I think if you can get him at 15 and lock him down at 15, it's going to look like a great deal in the long term. If, But there's just so much to consider, man. And I think it will tell us maybe, do we know when he's eligible? Like, does it have a date specifically for when, or is it just like a blanket, like this off season to up to like the fall or something that I don't know. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out at this point and maybe cap people watching or listening can tell me the the front office is going to probably make moves in some capacity this offseason whether it is drafting those two top 12 whatever picks or trading signing magic have cap are the magic going to sign somebody to come in and be you know that could be a six-man role and who knows right like i i just don't know obviously cole is young you could be getting a steal with him at 15. There's just so much that this team can do. And I think there's so much uncertainty that I'm not willing to, I don't know, like nail down Cole Anthony. But at the same time, like I said, if you can get him for 15 and you are set on him being a six man on this team, then you're getting a steal if he can be as efficient as he's been these last 30, whatever, some odd games for a whole season, especially. I think if it were me, my preference would be like, let's see it for one more year. Mm. You know, then, then you do risk him, you know, wanting to hit like restricted free agency. But to me, I just want to see it a little bit longer. Like I said, if it was 60 games, I would, I would be ready to go, ready to sign him to an extension this off season. I'm, I'm pretty close. Like if we had another, if we had like another 10 games left in this season, you know, like on top of the six that we have, like if, if we had just a little bit more time and he like kept this up, I'd be more comfortable. This is not even close to the longest, most consistent, best stretch of Cole Anthony's career. I think a lot of it does have to do with this role that we've always said he would be perfect in and would shine in. And he absolutely has and deserves a ton of credit. I would just be you are making the risk that you sign him to that extension and then he kind of regresses mm-hmm. back to like low 40s, you know, from the floor and, you know, mid to low 30s from behind the arc. That being said, I'm not going to freak out if if they take that risk and sign him to an extension this offseason, but we'll have to wait and see. Next guy that I wanted to talk about who is also extension eligible this offseason would be Chuma Okeke. Now, Chuma is a guy that, since he's come back from his injury, has played pretty sparingly, except in garbage time. Mm -hmm. Almost like an RJ Hampton, where even when guys are out of the lineup, even when guys aren't playing well, 
Chuma can't get any burn at all. It seems like kind of with RJ, the the writing might be on the wall for Chuma. Yeah. I'd, I could I'd, see the Magic trying to move him in the offseason for anything. Literally anything. You see last night a perfect example against the Grizzlies. Admiral Schofield plays 16 minutes. Gogo plays 13. Um, Caleb Houston plays 9. Chuma, DNP. Bulbul, just for the sake of this conversation too, I guess. Bulbul, DNP. MCW, DMP, and as expected, Jay Scrub, DMP. So where does Chuma fit in? There's it just doesn't make sense to keep him. And I think that the magic being that they are very player friendly, they'll let him go somewhere, see if he could play on a team. Maybe you send him to Detroit. I don't know. He get the team, but he's up back with RJ and and maybe they can do something, but I uh, I I don't know, man. I don't I don't see it with him, and um, I don't know. It's it, it's unfortunate, last, but it is another casualty of trying to consolidate your young players and your assets. The last nineteen games, Chuma has received fourteen DNPs. Yeah. Uh, in the five games that he has played, uh, the first game was he came back, got a DNP, played the next game. He played twelve minutes. And in 12 minutes, he was 0 for 1 from the floor, had two rebounds, two assists, and a turnover. Um, since then, the next times that he's played was in a 22-point loss to the Milwaukee Bucks where he played four minutes, so garbage time. Played a minute 14 uh, seconds against the Milwaukee Bucks in an 11-point loss. Uh, played two minutes 42 seconds in a 12-point win over the Miami Heat. And then played four minutes in a 13-point win over the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah. mostly garbage time and really not enough minutes to really contribute and get into a rhythm. Yeah. Since Chuma has come back over the course of the last 19 games, he is he's made two field goals in that time. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. So to me, it just seems like the writing is on the wall. I would be I would be pissed at this point if the Magic signed him to an extension this offseason. I would I fully expect them to trade Chuma in the offseason. Well and that just all it all it always goes back to making room for young players to develop on this team. And you got fifteen guaranteed spots. Chuma, he's easy to get out of there. Make that's one spot. Bull Bull. He's been receiving a lot of DMPs. He's probably out. I think that you might see him get waived just to make room. You got to make room for these two draft picks, especially if you're keeping them or if you're signing people. Like, there is a lot of guys that, like, this team could look pretty different next year. Maybe not in the starting lineup. This team could look very different next year. And, and you're going to have to Can- move some guys. You're not going to like this. Can we have a Bull Bull conversation really quickly? Hmm. If Bull Bull can figure out how to not be a complete cone defensively, he can be a very valuable player. Hmm. He's shown enough flashes offensively. He's able to do things that like three other guys on the planet are able to do. You have him another year, $2.2 million. Ride it out another year. Get with him this offseason. Turn him into a decent defender. If Nikola Vucevic could go from a complete cone to being decent defensively in the, the right role and in the proper context with the you know, right players around him, I just, you've got to find a way to get Bull to be at least not murdering you defensively if you can do that and you're able to hone what he does offensively i still think bull bull is very valuable he can be but you gotta he's just gotta lock himself in the film room and look 
here's where you were. You were late on rotation here. You missed your assignment he has to here. Like there's massively, massively. But that's what I'm saying is that with the amount of space you need to create on this roster, do you want Bull in there mucking it up, or do you want to just move on, empty a roster spot, get the next guy in here who can be who can develop? I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't. I have not seen enough from Bull to make me think that like the project is worth it when you have so many dudes that are fighting for minutes and it, it that's just what it boils down to man like you just got to start going down the list are you taking this guy off the roster or are you taking this guy this guy like it's, it's a numbers game and i just don't know what they're gonna do i think those are all fair points and if the magic do wave bowl this offseason like i'll be like okay i kind of get it but at the same time, like if if this kid can figure it out, and I hate going back to like the Mo Bamba conversation, to me, Bull and Bamba, it's not the same conversation. With Bull, it's not a motor thing. It's just like in between the ears, like knowing yep. where to be at the right time and like knowing when to give up the rock offensively. Like you have to know when you don't have it and not play yourself into like compounding mistakes and hurting the team on both ends at that point. But man, if Bull can't figure it out, the kid is just so talented and so physically gifted. He's a, he can be a super special player off the bench. If he's a guy who like can come in and potentially give you like 10 to 12 points in like 15 to 20 minutes shooting like high 50s, 60% efficiencies, which we know he's capable of and get the the three point percentage up. I think he can be really, really valuable as a role player, but he's got a lot to figure out. I completely agree with you. Next up, Mo Wagner. This is a tough one because I love Mo Wagner, but I think this also is a a big variable in that numbers game of, do you have enough roster spots? Do you have enough minutes for all these young guys? But I think Mo Wagner is so valuable to this locker room. Just like the the poise, the maturity, the level-headedness, the, the positivity that he brings. Every time he speaks with, with the media, he's always saying the right things and, and you know, uh, passing the right message along to his teammates. And don't forget, he's Franz's brother. <laughs> we got to keep Franz happy. Mm-hmm. if Franz is like no like I, I understand like it's a business but if this is something that is and at this point they should have a pretty good feeling about whether or not this is would totally just turn Franz off if you're if you got to keep Franz happy man you, you keep Mo Wagner I hate to say it the, the the Bucks have been doing it for years years with Giannis and Thanasis yeah I it's tough because Mo Wagner is the guy you can just literally put your like he has a if he hasn't been playing for games. We saw it recently. Was it the Brooklyn game? Where he is not playing for you know games, he's not getting consistent minutes, could have hung his head. You need something going. You pull you you get deep into that bag as Mosley, and you're grabbing Mo Wagner way off the end of the bench. Get in there. And he's firing everybody up. He's he's scoring at a at a great level. He has incredible footwork, and he's just able to give this team the juice. And there's it's hard to find. Truthfully, it's hard to find guys like that in this league who, regardless of minutes, they're really just happy to be there. But when you put them on the court, they're they can be an integral part to a run in a game. And those can be game changers. Those can be momentum changers, season changers having guys like that. And like you said, having him in the locker room, I, I, I wouldn't mind looking at him right now. What he's making 1.8 million unrestricted free agent this off season. He's not, it's not going to take much to get him back. And he's a guy that you can probably guarantee he's going to stay happy. Like I said, he's happy to be there, but he can actually contribute. And I, I really like Mo Wagner. he, impressed me the other night with his output his production i i would love to bring him back and i think where you might run into this with other players that you've kind of i don't want to say like revived his career because it's not like all of a sudden he's like a high level role player or or anything like that 
But a, a guy who was like on the couch, you know, and you brought him back into the league where a guy who has shown that he can contribute in spots, if you were like, hey, we want to bring you back on the minimum, he might be like, no, I'm going to go to another team that is desperate for what I can do and, and make maybe three or four million dollars or whatever because Franz is here and because of his relationship to the organization, I wouldn't be all that surprised if the Magic signed him to like another two-year, you know, kind of like veteran minimum deal. Like if he comes back for, you know, $2 million a year, like a one-in-one, like a one-year and then a, 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 a team option after that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all, where if maybe it wasn't Franz's brother, this is a guy where we're like, no, he's going to go somewhere else and get a little bit more money on a on a different team next mm-hmm. year. Next up, Goga Batadze. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking to upgrade the backup five this offseason. I love Goga. I love what he's brought. He's been much better than you know what I thought he was going to be capable of. But I think in terms of like what I want in a backup five. I want them to be better than Mo Wagner. I want them to be better than Goga. I want them to be better than Morris Wagner. I want to see the Magic bring in like a real backup five who when Wendell possibly misses 15 to 20 games can like start and you don't really lose much in the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I You, you absolutely need the backup five. That's a guy you could probably sign for a manageable amount of money this offseason with the amount of cap that you've got um and just yeah i think that there's going to be plenty of guys on that center market that you can take a look at i don't know who it is i have to do my deep dive on let me let me give you let me give you a few names here let me let me give you a few names kevin love probably not nikola vucevic would absolutely love it but probably not (laughs) christian wood uh no thanks dude doesn't seem to be happy anywhere he is Although if he signed here, I wouldn't be all that upset, but you're probably not going to be able to get Christian Wood. Brooke Lopez, probably staying in Milwaukee. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Dwight Powell, Jakob Pertle, Mason Plumley, Jackson Hayes, Alex Lynn, Mike Muscala, Andre Drummond. Like a lot of those guys, I would probably take over the guys that we currently have. Yeah. Thomas Bryant is another guy that's going to be a, a free agent. Let's see. Montrezl Harrell, eh, probably not. No thanks. DeAndre Jordan, no thanks. Bismack Biombo, uh, no. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> we've 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 done that before. No thanks. But a lot of those guys that we just mentioned, like I would I would be okay with them being our backup five next year over Mo and over Goga. So mm-hmm. I'm probably good with the Magic. Uh, you know, I think they have a is it a team option? On Goga, yeah, it's a go, it's a team option next year on Goga, so I'm probably good with them declining that. Yeah, yeah, bring in bring in somebody you can get in free agency for probably not too much either. All right, last uh, few guys here. Let's go lightning round. Yeah, Michael Carter Williams. Give me like your 20 second opinion on. I that. I'll give you a five second opinion. You can you can get rid of him, bring in a better vet that's going to actually contribute. If you don't have any other options and you need a veteran presence in the locker room, you can That's do a fine. lot worse than Michael Carter Williams. That is fine. If that is the case and you're you know bringing him back for what would it be three million dollars, I'm good with that. But if you decide you're going to go and get somebody else and bring them in, somebody that uh, you might actually like need to contribute at some point, then I'm fine with moving on. Yep. Uh, and then Admiral Schofield, one point nine million dollar, almost two million dollar uh, club option for next year. You could part ways with Admiral, and I, I wouldn't. I love Sco. This this one hurts my heart yeah. because I feel the same way. If you decide you want to upgrade it at like your third, fourth power forward, I'm good with that. But I also love Sco, and I would be totally fine with the Magic picking up his option for next year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty indifferent. So I'm indifferent on that. If you need to clear spots, sure. But to bring in somebody that's going to contribute at a higher level, I'm down. But yeah, I'd, I'm not. I'm not really losing sleep either way. Last one is interesting because I know the Magic like him, Kevon Harris, restricted What's, free agent. I don't care. <laughs> um, I don't really uh, care, but I, I like. Part of me was like, "Oh, we'll just move on from him." But the Magic seem to really like him. 
I could I, I, I could, could see, see them, them trying them. to sign him to a, like another two way. Yeah, I I'd say that I I would say that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. All right, Luke. Rest of the week here, we've got Washington on Friday in Washington, and then you've got Detroit at home on Sunday to end the week. I think you said we were going to lose to Memphis and then win the next two, right? Sure. Sounds right. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, for our competition's sake, I have us splitting these games, so we'll see what happens because I I want to at least tie you. I don't I don't want to lose on the year with this. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I could. The Magic have been playing so well lately. I could see them beating both of these teams. So again, folks, make sure if they do win, you get your Papa John's the next day, folks. Uh, but Luke, I think that's going to end it for us. You want to go ahead and uh, we'll wrap it up. Yep. All right, let's wrap it up. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.